he doesn't scream. Not even when the mutt's had its fill. Kevin's guts are lying all over the place. But somehow the bastard is still alive, still staring at me. Not even when I grab the saw and finish the job. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Dun, dun, dun. Before we get into this week's movie, uh, the title of which you already know because you're watching the episode, listening to the episode, excuse me, I just want to revisit a uh, brief exchange that we had when we were watching the opening credits roll. And Molly says, wow, there are a lot of women in this movie. Oh, more, man. More women than I expected. Cut And I was to... like, oh, true. Uh, two hours later. Not even, like 10 minutes later. Ten, well... Two hours later for the full effect of that statement to be like, oh, I see. <laughs> because they are all cannon fodder. None of them are dressed. <laughs> just had to revisit that. It just I didn't even have that as a note. I just remembered that. That was very disappointing. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that back up. Had to. Had to. I was going to say, um, when I was in high school, <laughs> Oh, okay. Bring it back. Bring it back. I took a graphic design at all included film type of class. And during that time, we watched Schindler's List. This is all going to (laughs) connect. Schindler's List is... And they were of equal quality. (laughs) Schindler's List is also mostly in black and white with a couple of pieces of color that they chose to include. And we spent a lot of time talking about, like, the symbolism. Why did they decide to make those certain colors? So that's all to say that I didn't take great notes. The only notes I think I took were what things they decided to put in color. And I'm not quite sure of the pattern. (laughs) But we can review it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I took to like two of pages head. of notes of what things were decided to be kept in color. There's a couple instances of blood in color, Goldie. Oh, I can color, tell you. The yellow bastards in color. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there, I'm sure. And I don't think I took much other notes, but it does follow the plot at least. Sure. Well, I got a, I got a handful. So, yes, as noted, this week we are discussing Sin City, uh, the 2005 adaptation of Frank Miller's graphic novels, which he co-directed with Robert Rodriguez, with one scene being directed by Quentin Tarantino. Probably one of the best scenes of the movie as well. Which scene? Uh, Where Clive Owen is driving Jackie Boy to the tar pit while he has a uh, gun magazine sticking out of his forehead. That whole sequence was directed by Tarantino, which... Including like when he goes into the like oil I'm not water. sure exactly where it stops. I, it might it might literally just be while they're in the car. Interesting. Um, which I didn't know that before we watched it. I actually just found that out. Frank Miller is fucked in the head. Tell me more about that. Genuinely. Genuinely, this movie was so gratuitous. And we've seen more violent movies. But this was, like, just, like, the way that, yeah, the way that women are treated in this movie, like, as just, like, objects. And, like, there's, like, a whole, like, subplot, like, oh, the women, like, run Old Town. But, like, that's such a surface level, like, non, not even, like, they don't even run it. But, like, babe, they're empowered. 
prostitute. It was so like icky. Icky's and just a good like one everyone, yeah, is in like their underwear and stuff like that. And it was like it's just like so clearly in the male gaze. It wasn't it was not women empowerment. It wasn't like women can wear whatever they want. Like it was just so like uh, and like just the the men in comparison to the women, like just their like whole interactions are just like not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, and like the I just like what is where is his head at? This guy. So and like oh and the other just like let's put the women thing aside. Most of his thing is about like cannibalism and like well and murdering women and like serial killer. Like it just it felt like a fetish. Mm -hmm. This movie felt like this guy's like fetish coming to reality on screen, and then it's like being applauded for it. Probably not so far off with that, to be honest with you. I yeah. So what I know about Frank Miller is that like. He did, he did Sin City. This was one of his big things. He did 300, which obviously, you know, I think... A lot Zach, of women in that. I think Zack Snyder probably <laughs> took a lot of inspiration from Sin City just in the way that he, like, the darkness, the tones and all that. I feel like I see that. And he directed 300. He also... Frank Miller wrote The Dark Knight Returns, which is, like, a big, like, old Batman-style thing. And that's actually... I feel like The Dark Knight Returns is very good. And... He also did Daredevil Born Again, which was, like, a really celebrated Daredevil run, but it also had, like, Karen Page as, like, a drug addict. Which one is The Dark Knight Returns? You mean Batman Returns? It's, well, it's Batman The Dark Knight Returns. It was, like, a graphic novel run that he did back in the 80s. Oh, not, like, one of the Not movies. a movie. Not a movie. I was, no, like, these are all these are all, about? like, the comics. He, oh, he did a lot of stuff that got adapted later. I do think, like, I don't know if I've ever read the Sin City graphic novel. I think I had seen this, but I didn't remember a thing about it. Um, and I, I feel like this was, like, the all of his, like, worst stuff is just, like, jam-packed into this. But people really like this movie. It, yeah. And I, or they did. No, I mean, they, I don't know how many people are revisiting it, but... I don't know that either. And I was just, like, scrolling through the Letterboxd reviews, and it's very... It's very obviously um, polarized because you have people that really celebrate it for being, like, pure noir, I guess. Which, like, I don't know. You know, I haven't seen enough, like, noir to, like, know. This is just, like, it's so over the top. I liked that stuff. I liked that it was noir. I liked the narrators. Right. I liked getting the different timelines that mm-hmm. but like all interconnected I, I that, like the fact that it was an anthology was really cool um but yeah it, you know you can only look at that in my opinion so much without glossing over like you can say that it's maybe like almost satirical looking at like how the old like noir detective comics like approach that but i'm not arguing that because at a certain point it gets to be too much right like i think that's giving him way too much credit it is because i don't know how nobody like looked at the script of this and was like hey maybe we should like take it a little bit easy on some of these aspects maybe you don't have clive owen uh you know slap rosario dawson then she's like oh you're so hot i think Throughout the movie, I was kind of just, like, nodding along. Like, okay, like, this is happening now. This is happening. This is kind of gross. Like, whatever. I was, like, completely, like, off the movie by the end when they were, like, setting up, um, what's his name? Well, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis as this, like, great 
hero. He's like the only cop that's like not corrupted in this town. He's just a good person. He's looking out for this little girl. Heart again. Heart. Well, Hard I was looking for the name. name Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were just settling for that. No, and um, Nancy. Yes, I'm. I'm just saying though that like they're setting him up as this like archetype, and then. He even says, like, it's like having a daughter, and then they just don't do that. They do it in the most disgusting way, and I don't care if it's satirical or not. It just, like, ruined. It, like, put the movie on, like, a Like, I was already kind of off it by that point, but, like, that really just, like, sold it down the river for me. So unnecessary. I don't really like that phrase, but, like, whatever. It was just bad. (laughs) No, I, I totally agree. Um it kind of burned through whatever goodwill it had. Yeah. And to be clear, there are bits and pieces of this movie that I still liked and occasional moments where I wished that it didn't come back around because yeah, if they didn't bring back like the Nancy thing, it would have been a better movie for it because like, what the fuck was that? Like, what was that? It was terrible. Like it you was can, disgusting. You can do dark and gritty without being a fucking pervert. <laughs> like, I think the the newer Batman movies do that. Mm-hmm. Like the Batman and Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, like I don't know. But like they they take like this like gritty like cityscape and like there are like women in it and there's women like scantily clad and there's stuff like that and like there's even a serial killer in the Batman, but it's not in that, like, pervy way that, like, this movie is. Like, I don't even think I can fully articulate the difference. Mm -hmm. No, I totally get it, though, because it's just, like, everything about Sin City is just, like, the most, like, I like to call it, like, it's all so edgelordy. It's like, oh, like, how can we make this, like, dark and twisted and fucked up? And it's like, okay, like, he's gonna, like, kill... Her and, like, oh, he, like, ate her hand off while she watched. Like, isn't that, like, twisted? And it's like, well, yes, but, like, is it good? I just think, like, if they had showed, like, some modicum of restraint, this could have been really great. But it just, like... Like, that was a wild reveal. Yeah. Like, it was, but it was just, like... But why did you have to be butt naked? Well, yes, and exactly. And in a better movie, I think that would have been, like, oh, shit, like, we're dealing with this guy here. But honestly... Like, at that point in the movie, like, Sin City was starting to sag under its own weight. And it's like, well, okay, like, we know... I don't know, it was just... And that was, like, my favorite story in the movie, too. They were just doing too much. The Mickey Rourke part was my favorite part. Yeah. I thought that was the strongest, and it didn't do anything weird and fucked up. Like, Marv was, like, not a great guy, we know that. And then he fucking dies, like, and that's that's that. Like, please, just... I wish we could have gotten the same treatment for Bruce Willis' character before they, like, fucked him up. And Nancy. Well, he died too. But, bef- you know, after he had a chance to, to do his creepy, gross shit. Like, oh, God, yeah. It's just like from, you know, I'm just like looking through my notes and it's like you can just see like the kind of eyebrow raising points like can like pop up throughout the movie. It's like, you know, we see Mickey Rourke like goes to visit his parole officer and she's she doesn't have a top on and neither does her girlfriend. And then like. Just casually is like, was oh, her no, girlfriend there? She was like in the bed, I think, and she's like, uh, he's at the door, and then it's like, oh, she's a dyke, but I don't know why, and I'm like, okay, because uh, she's you know, hot. She yeah, can't. she could have any man she wants. Like, That's oh. the mom from Spy Kids, Which, everyone. Oh yeah, I Most forgot you said that. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez's buddy, I'm guessing. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't know that like, you know, early on, this was right after we see like Elijah Wood for the first time, who, by the way, despite not ever saying anything was a very threatening figure. Uh, he has a good serial killer face. The fogged up glasses help. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I was already like, I can't tell if the, the rampant misogyny here is supposed to be like a, like like a satire of old noir stories or if it's genuine. And then at some point, like, does it even matter what the intent is if we're getting like, if that's being like drilled into you for every minute of the movie? I just, you know, I'm guessing that when I saw this, because I do think I saw it, I was probably like in high school. So I was like anywhere from like 13 to like, I don't know, like probably 17 years old. And I probably watched this movie and was like, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this. Because that's like, that's what this feels like. It's like a, that, that's just like what, what a high school kid like thinks is cool, you know? Yeah, of like course. All the, all the women are sexy and naked and everyone is just like dying horrifically. And it's like really dark and brooding. Like, of course, like when you have no, like, you're not critically looking past any of that. Sure. On a surface level. Like, I do think the movie is well shot and it looks really cool but it falls apart as soon as you like get any deeper into it. That's what the, I feel like that's the same criticism that people still have for exact Snyder's movies, who I do think took a lot from this. It's just like you have like, you want to be like cool and edgy, but you sacrifice everything like else for it. Like plot and right. characters. Yeah. And excitement. Right. His movies are boring. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, I think he was inspired, but he forgot to do some of the, the better stuff. I did have a note. I was like, so many boobs. What is this? Hard Ticket to Hawaii? I'm sure everyone's no. seen that. If you haven't seen Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Our no. only two listeners have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> well. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I'm just trying to think of like some of the bits that I did like. Uh, well, one thing I appreciated was like, I, to be honest, a lot of like the humor worked for me um we had like a random like slapstick comedy bit with jackie boy's character where he like slips on his own hand that has been cut off and lands <laughs> oh, yeah. on a ninja star <laughs> and i'm like okay they like make a joke about like calling triple a to come like get the car and i'm like the idea of triple a existing in right. the world of sin city is very funny to me not to mention i think his character's name was stuka who uh for some reason, had a swastika on his head. I think I saw a letterbox quote that was like, I'm going to bring the swastika back. That was like a cool design. Frank Miller, probably, which, come yeah. on. Um, guy gets shot through the chest with an arrow, and it's like, hey! <laughs> and then just keeps being, he gets shot again. He's like, look at that. What clean through. Uh, that, that was a great little moment. Like, okay, so do you think that the the choices of making certain things in color were important? Um, I don't know. These are some of the things that were in color. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Um, The very first scene, the red dress and the red lipstick. The red lipstick looked really weird. It looked like it was, like, CGI'd on. Probably was. Um, When he lights his... Uh, cigarette, the fire brings her face into mm. color. I did or think her that was green cool. eyes. Um, the blondie, is that her name? Goldie. Goldie um, was in color, and so was the bed that she and Marv were in. 
And then what I thought, this was, like, just a cool, like, color. Like, what they did was when she died, her body was, like, then black and white. Mm-hmm. I did notice that. Her hair is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And dress. Um, a lot, some of the blood is in color, mostly Marv's blood, but also other people's. That seemed very inconsistent on whose blood they decided to yeah, show. Yeah, I don't know if there was any indication, you know, as to why. Like, whoever, like, the spotlight is on at that moment. Um, Alexis Bledel's eyes yeah, and the Cardinal's blue. eyes are both in color. Interesting. Um, I'm like, is it just because she does have piercing blue eyes? I don't know. Like, those are her real eyes. It wasn't, like... CGI. So, I'm just like, is it just because they're like, oh, she's got really, like, piercing eyes. We should make those in color. Maybe. Or is it because she ends up being bad and so does the cardinal? Oh, that's interesting. But then, like, I I don't think Elijah Woods... Well, you don't really see his eyes very often. And when you do, he's already dead, I think. When, I think when he cuts his head off, he, the glasses fall off. And I don't think they were in color. When the light shines, something else in gets brought into like color. A big pizza pie, some I think it's when they're in a car. Maybe like a police, like a cop light or something. Yeah, the red Chuck Taylors, the car. This is all during um, Clive Owen's stuff. Dwight, the blue car. That's all in color. Hmm. Um, gold eye, the guy that only has one eye. Yep. That's in color. Um, I forgot about it. The neon somewhere. lights and the bars, that's in color. Right. Yellow something. Oh, the yellow, yellow alien. Yellow guy. Yellow bastard, as they call him. Okay. That was what I wrote down. So I, I think for the most part... Um, like bad guys are in color. Well, but then like Goldie. I'm looking at the, the, the graphic novel was the same way. It was almost entirely black and white with splashes of color. And as far as I can tell... Is this it just is like, like pop-up colors? It's, hmm? it's like, oh, this is just like a pop-up. I, I, think pop it, I think it might be. Like it makes sense for like for the yellow bastard because he's like notable and is supposed to be like this really like gross figure. So it's like you want him to pop out and be like, yeah, like he looks alien and horrific. And like Goldie, I guess. Right. Because she's like she's got like a halo around her. Mm-hmm. But, but then, like, like, why is like the car the blue? Car? I know, like, and they they change things. So like, you know, I'm trying to find like a good example that seems kind of like innocuous. Um, like in the in the graphic novel, when the farmhouse explodes, that's black and white. But in the movie, it's in color. Um, the cardinal who you mentioned had blue eyes in the graphic novel. He was totally monochromatic. Um, Jackie Boy's car was black and white in the comic, but it's colored in the movie. I think they just made some choices in the movie because of the medium. And they were like, well, as cool as like the black and white is, you got to have something else to vary it. I think that makes the black and white stand out more when you have something in color. So they must have just like upped the, the number of objects that they colored. Because some of them just seem so I think it, random. Like, own like the symbolism if you're going to do that because I think it's a cool tool. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we talked about it a lot in Schindler's List. It's very devastating to follow the red dress. If you know, you know. Um, but like, wh- like do it with purpose, I guess, because like that's I feel like this movie is so surface level everything. 
Um, it just, to me, is, like, showing, like, it's presenting, like you said, kind of like Zack Snyder. It's, like, presenting, like, this, like, really cool thing. But then as soon as you, like, look into it, it's, like, falling apart at the seams. Because it's, like, not actually, they're not actually doing anything. Right. Yeah, I'm just trying <laughs> to figure out, like, um, if anyone else had, like, theories on it. Some people are just, like, it's just emphasizing the person. Like, what like you should in, be paying attention in that to, scene, maybe. Yeah. Basically, like, who who the focus is on. Um, like, like, I did, like, the Alexis Bledel thing. I was like, oh, this, she's going to be important later because her eyes are blue. Which, like, she was. Sure. But, like, the Cardinal, like, we already know he's important. Why? We already know he's bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think. Also, about- that was totally lackluster. What's that? How that whole thing ended. Oh, yeah, I agree. I thought he was going to be, like, the big bad of the whole movie, which it did all connect back to that, I guess, in some ways. I don't really remember how the Clive Owen thing connected, other than just, like, he, like, ran the town, kind of. Yeah. God, I should really remember more. I mean, I do love a plot where the bad guy is this, like, religious, like, systematic, like, thing. Because, mm-hmm. one, it's super realistic for the Catholic Church. And he had a senator brother. Like. Right. Like, I just, I yeah, I like a big scheme. Yeah, like a political thing. But, like, it, again, surface level, like, we could have gone mo- way more interesting and deeper with that. Like, in a film noir where they're, like, figuring out, like, where the thread goes, which is what they were doing with Marv, but, like, not enough. Right. I Part of me thinks that, like, and, you know, maybe one day I'll read the graphic novels just to get, like, a read on them. Um, but, like, maybe this kind of suffered, like, translating to a to a two-hour film. Because if the graphic novels, all these stories were released, like, individually. And I'm guessing that, like, the through lines were a bit, maybe more of, like, an Easter egg for, like, people that were reading them. Rather than being, like, you know, serving as a conclusion to a full, like, two-hour thing that it would feel less, like, oh, like, surface level because it was just, like, meant to be, like, these small stories, these small vignettes that we're getting. But because it's a two-hour movie and we're seeing these characters come back, we, like, you know, we take time off from Hardigan and then we come back. We're expecting, like, a deeper examination. But you maybe wouldn't think that if you're reading, like, issues of a comic. I, I think... Depending they, on how it was... I'm just saying, like, how it's presented. Well, maybe. I was just going to say, like, a suggestion... Is like for each of those like those three stories, which they they kind of did, is like break it down by like Marv's story is just about the bishop or whatever. What was it, cardinal? You don't necessarily know about the other stuff. Maybe you hear tangentially that he has a brother. That's all within that story. And then like the next story is about the senator, but. And you don't find out later that it's connected to the Cardinal and that's its own story. And then like the third one is about like another thing that's like also connected to this whole thing that you don't find out about until like later. Like they could all be like siloed telling their individual story and have that connected tissue be revealed through the little things that happen in those individual stories. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think that... And I liked having the bar as one of, like, the through lines. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think I that, that was, was really in every cool. story. Because you see, like, Bruce Willis is there, and then, like, Marv is, like, sitting at the bar, but they don't they don't cross paths, but we see Right, them. and, like, Nancy's, like, bartending or whatever. Yeah. 
Brittany Murphy's character, which whatever happened to her? I don't... Clive just left her in the dust. Yeah, she just got ditched. Which he should have just been named Clive. <laughs> Dwight is a horrible Dwight. name. He's not a Dwight. He's a Clive. He is totally a Clive. I think maybe they were so hell-bent on doing a frame-for-frame adaptation of the graphic novel, because as I understand, like it was very, very faithful that they were like afraid to make some tweaks that would have made it translate better as a movie. Because like what you just said would have made for like a tighter narrative, you know, and it was if it was up to me, I would have, you know, cut <laughs> a, a decent amount of stuff too, or like just rewritten a couple things to make it less brutally sexist. I mean, I think the best callback was the first two minutes to the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. Like that guy coming back in that way because he's gonna like fucking assassinate Alexis Bledel. Like, what a great like payoff really but then like the stuff in the middle i'm like what what was going on here yeah it's just like oh man it's such a bummer because like i do i like noir stuff i think the visual style was cool and uh it really made me like want a good adaptation of the max Payne games which were like super like noir drenched but you know without without so much of the stuff that made me like roll my eyes and you know not want to watch this movie again it's just like god it uh i don't i don't know what's what's wrong with (laughs) with for frank miller uh man oh there was another line that i want to mention the guy that would run around with nick offerman's character oh i wanted to to mention nick offerman oh we also talk about like you know regardless of what happens to the characters that they're playing just how stacked of a cast this movie incredible um Shit, I can't remember exactly when this happens. I think it's when uh, Bruce Willis like escapes from the yellow bastard in the barn, and they walk in there, and the guy's like, "I can only express puzzlement that borders on alarm." <laughs> <laughs> when he's like sees like someone like dead on the floor. Oh, I get it, because he sees the yellow bastard's like face caved in, and that I think that guy only has a couple lines, but he always delivers them like that, and some of the like, the really, like, on-period, like, noir dialogue. Like, I think it was uh, Brittany Murphy, like, leaning out the window being like, don't go, and then she's like, Dwight, you fool. You damn fool. I know. <laughs> it's like the shit that I'm like, hey, Ace, like, ah, like that. But, I like, delivered, it. like, so straight. I'm like, God bless them for actually, like, doing this. Oh, I liked that stuff. Oh, me too. I'm saying that, like, they committed to that. Brittany Murphy I, was, like, perfect. She made for a movie like this. Um, I feel like we should bring back the credits at the beginning of movies. I, I kind of love it. I like it. And, of course, it was great for this because it, it gets you, like, hyped up, you know? You're like, like oh, oh like, this ooh, they're going to be in this. Yeah. What are they going to be doing? Um, I feel like... I want to spend a moment on Alexis Bledel. Let's spend a moment on Alexis Bledel. We all know her. America's Golden Child, Gilmore Girls, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That's about it. Sister One. I don't know. (laughs) Never seen it. What? I said Rory after you said... I know. I was just making that up. I'm not familiar with the the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I'm sorry. Anyway. (sighs) I feel like she was really trying to go against her, like, type here, and 
I don't feel like it paid off for her. I don't think she did no, very good. No, no. She um, didn't. The weird accent that she was doing and like using like the slang script, like she was just reading the script. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's nothing against her really, but like if you put her in a room with like she's she's in that one scene where she's talking mostly, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, when they have like Marv and they're like, you know, beating him up and she's there. I'm like, you're in a room with like Mickey Rourke. No, I was and, thinking about when she's like talking to Rosario Dawson's character. Oh, uh, well, Rosario Dawson is there. What was, like, I, like, what was I supposed to do, you know? How was I going to get out of here? Like that. Yeah. But it was like more yeah, like broken it's, slang. It's rough. Because, yeah, like, given the dialogue, like, you would you would anticipate that even like some of the more veteran actors here might struggle with it a little bit. But like, when you have people like Mickey Rourke, Made for this shit. He's got his weird prosthetic jaw, like totally selling it. His face was so weird. Um, Bruce Willis also made for this shit. Like, are you kidding me? Brittany Perfect. Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Rosario Dawson. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan, who was playing the guy with the golden eye. Great, love it. Um, Clive Owen. Yeah. Clive Owen, I think, is from the fifties. Right. <laughs> totally agree. Or whatever year this is supposed to be, the thirties. Yeah. It, it. This like doesn't even exist in a year. It's just. <laughs> Just like incredible. that all the time. He does not exist in today's society. No. I mean, his name is Clive Owen. Yeah. Uh, Michael Madsen, playing maybe one of the worst characters in the movie. He's Bruce Willis's cop partner. He's great. Because Michael Madsen just sounds like that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think he was doing a voice. Rucker Howard playing the Cardinal. Like He was very spooky. Like, we, we didn't. Really I wanted more of the cardinal hitters. for yeah, all of the buildup. Yeah. And um, like, I, I, I like to like try to give them some credit. You know, I don't know if I will really commit, but like having these characters and these plot lines like end abruptly and like unceremoniously seems very in line with like a noir story. Like how Marv's just like ends with him, like oh, like that happened. Like, yeah, he, he like did it, but then it's like well. Like, that's that. It feels very noir. It's like, it's just another night in Sin City. And then it's like, to be continued. And then you move on to somebody else. Um, One line that's, I think, repeated in all the stories, if not at least two of them, is no reason to play it quiet. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'm, like, I think it was at least said twice. Like, I know Clive Owen says it, but I think... um, Mickey Rourke says it. Interesting. Like, Interesting. no reason to play yeah. it. Which I just thought was a great line. And I was like, is there is there symbolism there? I'm, like, trying to give this movie the benefit of the doubt here. Right. I mean, I like that. I like that phrase. Or maybe um, Bruce Willis says it at the very beginning of the movie. When mm-hmm. he's, like, going in. He's like, no reason to play it quiet. I think that oh, is when he yeah, says yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he's then, like, yeah. I'm going to die anyway. And then Clive Owen says it. And then I don't know if Mickey Rourke says it. That's really interesting, though. Um, this is my note towards the end of the movie. Whoever wrote this is fucked and has some <laughs> shit to, to work out. It's got to unpack yeah. ton of shit. I was very surprised by the ending for Hardigan. I was not expecting him to kill himself, to be honest. And I wasn't that upset about it, also, to be honest. Well, definitely not. <laughs> because, yeah, as if the movie hadn't done you enough basically being like he could die at any second. Well, it's like, no, I'm not really gunning for him anyway. Because... <laughs> That story's gross, and I'm I'm over it. So, uh, 
Yeah. Also, like, why did he keep calling her skinny Nancy? Skinny little Nancy. Because it's not weird enough already. That should have been a sign. It's just like, God, why did they do that? Why did they do that? It was like such a betrayal of like one of the, like the good like interactions happening throughout the story. And again, I'm sure that there are people that would make the argument like, well, that's the point because it's tomorrow. But I'm, I'm like, give me something here. God damn it. <laughs> I, uh, I just realized I haven't really um, like done any research onto the production of this because it's really interesting. Uh, this was definitely the first movie to like have this style. A couple aped it right after. There's this one called The Spirit which I guess if we're really fishing for something, we could watch it. That movie fucking sucked. I saw it in theaters because it, it just completely aped the visual style, black, white, red. Awful, awful movie. <laughs> but I think this was pretty groundbreaking at the time and the way that they did their their effects. Um, did you not hear me talk about Schindler's List? No, I did. But like, I think <laughs> Schindler's List was like probably like still like shot on film because it's Spielberg doing Spielberg things. But I think Robert... Also, it was, like, whatever year, 90s, that, right? 90, 93? Yeah, probably. Pretty early. Is it that old? Um, but Robert Rodriguez is a big, like, effects guy, if you couldn't tell, from Spy Kids. So I think he was really excited to, like, just I'd rather watch it. Spy Kids. I mean, me too. I would rather watch Spy Kids or... Uh, what are some of Robert Rodriguez's other movies? Spy Kids 3D. I'd watch, yep. Well, maybe not. I really didn't like Spike. It's 3D. To be or honest 4D. with you. Uh, I'd watch, uh, I'd watch Desperado again. I've seen that. Should I watch, he did, uh, his, his movie that he did with, uh, well, him and Tarantino did a double feature, Grindhouse. Um, I actually don't really remember Robert Rodriguez that much. It's Rose McGowan. She has a prosthetic machine gun leg. And I like Tarantino's better. All that to say, um, so because it was also Robert Rodriguez was like the main person who was really gunning for it to stay super faithful to the source because... It wasn't the author who also helped direct well, it. Well, we... I don't... It says... What, does it, yeah, what it do we know about him? Directed by Rob... Well, he was born in Olney. Yikes. <laughs> A local legend. Um, Do you think he's well, this listening? Is, he might be. Don't kill us, Frank. I know you might, and then eat us. Uh, there's no screenwriting credit for this movie. It just says based yeah, on the graphic, graphic the novels. Novel. Yeah, which is, that's pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> they removed some nudity. They removed some, really. Hardigan was uh, naked when he was getting like Hung. tortured to death, yeah. Uh, is that just because Bruce didn't want to do it? This. Bruce has a no nudity class. He probably does. I've never seen Bruce Willis's butt. I mean, I'm. I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, three directors received credit for this. So Miller, I guess, just because uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, who directed the driving to the tar pit scene. Uh, Miller and Rodriguez worked as a team to direct the rest of the movie. So, you know, they were really on board. The Directors Guild refused to allow two directors that were not an established team uh, to be credited. That's so dumb. Because Frank Miller had never directed a movie before, and they're like, well, you don't count. Uh, so 
Robert Rodriguez was like, okay, well, I'll give Frank Miller full credit. And then Frank Miller was like, uh, no, I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> but Robert Rodriguez also didn't want to do it, so he quit the Director's Guild. Uh, you know, kind of decide that's a that's a pretty good uh, bro move. I wonder if he ever rejoined. <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, how much criticism there was for the treatment of women and such at the time that it came out. 2005 sometimes feels like a different era. I No, I think it was a very well-received movie, if I recall. Yeah. Roger Ebert gave it four stars out of four. Uh, somebody said that there's no reason for anyone to ever make a comic book film again. We've, we've, we're done, which is wow. pretty wild. I guess, like, I'm imagining if you are somebody that was really into Frank Miller and really into Sin City and you saw this movie, like, that's, that's peak cinema. Because if you like it, you got no problems with it as a source, then this is the perfect adaptation. This is what everyone clamors for now. Every time something gets changed for a movie adaptation, it's like, why the fuck did they do that? It's like, here you go. Here is something that literally the creator of the story originally is on board and okaying everything that's being shot. I don't think that's happened since then. I feel like we talked about that with something else where like the writer was involved. But I was going to say earlier, and I wish I had said it and then then looked this up, but I was going to say earlier, this movie just feels like very libertarian energy. Oh, I saw that. And this is what Frank Miller's Wikipedia says. In response to claims that his comics are conservative, which, what? Miller said, I'm not a conservative. I'm a libertarian. And you know what? That all checks out for me. Of course, a fucking libertarian. I'm guessing they meant conservative in terms of politics, not in terms of they're conservative about their content. Because I don't think anyone would accuse them of that. But even, like, the politics, like, what's... Con- not, I feel like it's not. It feels so, very libertarian to me, and I don't mean that in a good way. Well, how could it ever be in a good way? I don't even think that this is an, an example of his politics. I think I think The Dark Knight Returns does a lot more with that, and you know, of course, like Zack Snyder. He also did Daredevil: Born Again. Yeah. I guess you already read through this. He's got okay. a legal issues tab, which is all I need to know. <laughs> But yeah. it didn't seem too bad. I would actually. like to reread Daredevil: Born Again because I don't remember it being aside from what I mentioned about the Karen Page thing, which she's barely in it. But that did like keep her dead in the comics for like a long time. I, I think I think The Dark Knight Returns has some libertarian undertones, which makes sense because that's why Zack Snyder jacked so many parts of it to use in Batman v Superman as a fellow libertarian. Big. Big Ayn Rand guy, I'm guessing. Oh, I'm sure. Two thumbs down. Well, that's about all I have to say about Sin City. Yeah, that's um, a wrap on Sin So it's, it's a woof out of ten. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious to hear, though. I mean, if if you're a fan, you know, how do you, do you Let's care hear your about takes this? Like, on do, you, it, do you grapple yeah. with it, but you like it in spite of it? Or like what? Or are you just, you're just about that, that noir action? Let us know. And maybe, maybe one day we'll watch the sequel, but I've, I've heard it's worse. So we'll see about that. 
Yeah, it's called like a dame a to, dame like, to kill, kill for. for. More like what a dame is to this? kill. James Bond. <laughs> that wasn't. I know even it wasn't. That was not whatever that's called. No. A pun. I'm just. I'm just out of energy. All right. Thank you all <laughs> well, for sticking with us. Yes. Thank you very much, and stay tuned next week for something maybe a little less fucked up and dark. We are out, out of, of the, the superverse. superverse. Hey, we're out of the superverse, Ace. Get out of here before I fire you. <laughs>